Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Elise Delucci Show, episode 99. How are you doing? How was Easter? We hadn't talked last week. I missed talking to you. So you'll be pleased to know. Let me just say at the top of the show, this podcast is now on YouTube. So if you ever want to see what this whole operation looks like, you can go on my YouTube channel, which is Elise Delucci on YouTube, and you'll see a playlist called The Elise DeLucci Show. And we have episodes 96, 97, 98, and soon to be episode 99. And let me just say, the first three episodes, the camera was a different way. Episode 99, this episode, I have flipped the camera. So you see a little bit more of my house, a touch more. Um, We'll see what we like better. I'll take a poll. Anyway, fact of the day Easter, Easter eggs, woven Easter baskets. We all know them for since the dawn of time. You're going to die. Did you know that the reason why we use woven baskets for Easter is because it symbolizes a bird's nest, symbolizing rebirth, Christ, the whole thing. And and here's the thing, okay? Is this why... (laughs) We have eggs on Easter, like birth, because we're celebrating new life. Is that is that why is this is this why we do Easter eggs my whole entire life? I have no idea why we colored Easter eggs, we hide Easter eggs. I have no idea why they have an Easter basket. Clearly, I didn't pay attention in religion class growing up. Yes, I made all my sacraments. So here I am wondering, is that the reason why? And then I look it up on Google. And you know what? Google tells me, yes, that is correct. The egg is an ancient symbol of new life, obviously. And it's associated with pagan festivals, pagan festivals, excuse me, celebrating spring. So from a Christian perspective, Easter eggs are said to represent Jesus emergence from the tomb, the resurrection. And my mind is blown. I mean, I feel like my, if you're listening to this, you'll kind of be like, What's the matter with my daughter? <laughs> my, my mother actually sounds like, what's the matter with my daughter? What's wrong with you, Elise? You went to school your whole life. You went to CCD. You don't know that Easter eggs, you don't know the symbolism of the egg. <laughs> I don't. I had no idea. Or maybe I knew and I forgot. But you know what? Some days, don't you just feel like such an idiot? Like some days I wake up and I think, I'm very smart. I know a lot of different things. And then some days I wake up and I think, no, you're a fucking idiot. That that that's how I feel about. That's how I felt about the, the the Easter egg realization. I don't know. Maybe you can agree, or maybe you can relate. I should say. Mm. Hold on. I need a sip of coffee. I'm loving this Whole Foods coffee, a vanilla flavored. It's not like flavored like junky. What was that in general? International Swiss internet. Remember from the '90s or the '80s? They had that coffee. It was a little can, um, a little square, uh, a rectangle can, and it was like international delights. And it was like French vanilla and it had a striped, you know, a striped decor on the, on the can of coffee. It would be like, I don't think it, it was on the shelf, like in the, um, where the fancy coffees were, you know, like above where Maxwell house is on the, uh, supermarket shelf. But no, this is not that coffee. Um, cause that like international delight, like I think that's garbage. I think there's a lot of sugar in there. No, this is the whole foods 365 brand. They have, uh, you know, they have all these different flavors. So I got the vanilla flavor. There's caramel mocha. It's delicious. I make it in my Mr. Coffee pot. I love it. Anyway, 
I had a busy week, busy week with work, busy week with life, busy week with the kids. Kids are on spring break. I opened for Paulie Shore this week. That was fun. That was totally cool. Paulie Shore, he has a one, uh, one man show called Stick With The Dancing. And, um, and it's all about, it's not his traditional stand-up. It's all about his life. Uh, pictures from his childhood and stories. And Paulie Shore's mother is Mitzi Shore. I don't know if you know that. Mitzi Shore is the famed owner of the comedy store out in LA. And uh, he and and so we had this one man show and at City Winery in New York in uh, Chelsea. And I got to open for him. And it was great. It was great. You know, a lot of people that were there were like diehard Paulie Shore fans. So I'm sure when I came out, they were probably like, just bring on Paulie, bring on the weasel. But, you know, it was good. We had a good time. Um, here's the thing. Uh, he got a charcuterie board delivered to the green room right before he went on and he wasn't there yet. And it looked so scrumptious. I mean, like plump dates, manchego cheese, brie that looked just like the perfect ratio of like fluffy, creamy inside with then the crusty outside brie. I know, and describing brie as crusty is like disgusting, right? But, you know, and the grapes and the, it looked delicious. And there it was. It was me and the charcuterie board in the green room. And there was Paulie Shore, nowhere in sight. And, you know, I just had to like, I had to take a couple pieces off of the, um, off of the charcuterie board. I mean, the thing is, is like, nobody knows. He doesn't need to know. He, but Paulie, if you're listening to this, yes, I am a culprit, a hamburglar. I had to have a few bites. You can't put a giant plate of cheese and meats in front of an Italian girl. You can't expect me just to not touch it. You know, Paulie? Anyway, we had a great time. Um, I don't know. He's only doing a couple runs in New York of his show, a few runs of his show in New York, and then he's off to the next city. But how are you, more importantly? How was your Easter? My Easter was good. You know, my family, I don't know. As everybody's getting older, nobody wants to, nobody seems to want to host anymore, like cook. Like everybody, they want to go out to dinner. Not on Christmas. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we're home. But Easter, for some reason, my family, they always want to, go out to eat. I hate, I don't like going to a restaurant. Mm. It's so chaotic. Oh, I just spilled coffee all over my Palazzo pants, of course. <sighs> I got these Palazzo pants that I'm wearing at Cache. Remember that store at Cache? It was in the mall. They had good stuff there. I don't know what happened to it. A little pricey. Anyway, I, the thing is, is like going to, going to a restaurant on Easter with an Italian family or any family, really. First of all, you got more than 15 people. They're already having a problem with seating. Okay, seating is always a problem. It takes us 35 minutes just to effing get a seat. Okay, and then the seats change. It's musical chairs, the whole entire dinner. It stresses everybody out. And, uh, and then it's, what are we going to order? Nobody can order like, nobody can order without asking everybody else what they're going to have, you know? And and then, of course, you know, the menu, it's beautiful. And I wind up getting the same old thing, chicken marsala. I don't know why I always get chicken marsala when I'm out. Not always, but a lot of times. I just like it. You know, I like, and I don't make it for whatever reason. I don't make the marsala. I should. I have marsala wine and they make it easy with the sliced portobello, little mini mushrooms you could buy in the supermarket. But anyway, we went uh, to Connecticut for Easter. My aunt, uh, she, she lives... Um, in Connecticut. And we went to a restaurant there and the restaurant, uh, what was the restaurant's name? Osteria. 
Westport or something. I think that was what it was called or Osteria in of Westport or in Westport. It was in a strip mall. When we first pulled up, I was like, eh. I was like, no, eh, this is going to be okay. And then we walked in and the decor was beautiful. Uh, it was like dark wood, you know, it was very uh, convivial feeling and, and it just, it, and the food was great. We just had a great time. So I hope you had a good Easter as well. I, uh, we, after dinner, we went back to my, my auntie's house in Connecticut. And by the way, if you're wondering why I call my aunt auntie, it's not because of my British kids. It's because when I was born, my aunt was in banking. She worked, she had her career in banking and she was living in London at the time. And in, in the UK, they call the aunts aunties. So she wanted to be called auntie. So that's what I call her. Her real name is Laurie. Um, anywho, anywho, um, we went back to auntie's house for dessert. I made struffoli and let's talk about that for a second. If you don't know struffoli, Italian people, we have them usually at Christmas, but I made them for Easter because I didn't make them at Christmas. And if you don't know what they are, they are honey balls. They are little fried balls of dough that you throw in, uh, <clears throat> throw in a, a, a saucepan with, with, uh, vegetable oil, you fry them, you coat them in honey, and then you stew, put some sprinkles on them. And we put this on the table at Christmas. And it's always like a big thing. And it's always one of those desserts when you go to somebody's house, they're like, oh, you got the struffoli. Oh, I love struffoli. Here's the thing. I got this recipe from one of my friend's mothers and I love it because it uses orange zest and you can put lemon zest in if you want. I have the recipe in front of me. I'm going to uh, read it to you quick, but leave it to my grandmother, okay? Go to my auntie's house. I walk in, you know, she's there, obviously. And I said, Nani, I made the shrewfully this year. And she's like, oh, you made them, Eliane. That's what she calls me, Eliane. Oh, you made them, Eliane. That's so nice. Oh, I'm going to have to try. Oh. And I said, okay. And then she takes one shrewfoy and puts it in her mouth. And she turns to my mother and she says, this is not how I make them. Oh, I was like, can't we ever be nice? Can't we be nice in this family? Can't we be nice? Why do we have to say something negative? Why? Why do we lead with the negative? I swear to God, I love my grandmother. I, you know, she was always at my house. She like helped raise me. But what's with the negativity? And it's like, who cares if they don't taste like the ones you made? Like, are you insulted that I didn't ask you for your recipe? And maybe I should have. I, You know what? After I finish this podcast, I'm going to call my nanny up. I'm going to ask her for her Struffoli recipe. The thing is, is I didn't even think about it. My friend's mother gave me the recipe with this orange zest in it. And we didn't make them like that big deal. So I'm like, we don't make them like this. And my struffoli were light color. They were, they were like a golden color. And she, my grandmother makes them darker because she leaves them in the fryer for longer. And hers are smaller. These were a little bigger. My struffoli didn't come out doughy. Like, I don't like the struffoli where you take a bite and they, they, they like, they're like slightly crusty on the outside, but they're very pillowy. Mine weren't like that. They were crunchy. They were crunchy, but they were a golden color. They weren't like a brown. And big effing deal that they weren't like yours. You know, everything to say. Can't we be nice? Anyway, this is how I made them. This makes about 150 struffoli. And let me just say, these people back in the day that would, you know, the families, and maybe your family does it too, but the, the making of the struffoli, just that alone, just truthfully alone, any holiday. This is this is like a four man project. You need a whole you need a whole line, a whole line line of workers doing the thing. And I know family friend family friends that 
that everybody gets together and does this. And that's so nice. But this is not a one man job. I had my kids helping me. I had my boyfriend helping me. It took a long time. And I can't imagine what it was like 30, 40, 50 years ago. And and part of me is envious of families that still do this. But you know, the families, they, they're making, they make everything. One house, they're making shrewfully, the stuffed artichokes, stuffed mushrooms, you know, they're making the ham. That's a lot of work for one person. You know, it's a lot of work. Anyway, okay. So shrewfully recipe, it makes about 150. Obviously, I feel like that's not a lot. I got like two good sized Tupperwares, four eggs, two teaspoons of orange zest, one teaspoon of vanilla, three tablespoons of granulated sugar, a half a cup of butter melted, two cups of flour, a quarter teaspoon of baking powder, and then vegetable oil for the frying. So, you know, you obviously combine that all, cream the butter and the sugar first. I did it all in my KitchenAid mixer, which I love. I can't live without. I can't imagine how my mother, when I was younger, she used the beater, you know, the electric beater. Ah, KitchenAid so much better. For the glaze, which I which I liked, and again, my grandmother doesn't do this. After she gets everything mixed up in the KitchenAid blender, whatever the hell she uses, she probably does it by hand. Once she fries, well, let me say this. You mix it all up in the KitchenAid, and then you take that dough, and you wrap it in plastic wrap, and you put it in the fridge for like two hours or up to overnight. And the reason why is because the dough is so sticky. So you need, obviously, you need to work with it better. So it needs to chill. The dough needs to chill. And when you're done with the dough, cut the dough into fours just quick, make a lick of tea, roll it out on a floured surface into long snakes, long snakes, and then take a knife and just cut, cut, cut into little tiny balls, right? You get the balls, you get, you have all your snakes, all the cut up balls. You got about 150 balls laying on your kitchen table. And then you put about three inches of vegetable oil in a saucepan. You let it get hot. I always check the oil by like flicking a little drop of water. And if it kind of like, you know, it, you know, it explodes, then obviously I know it's ready. And you fry maybe like five, uh, not five, 15, 25 at a time, because you don't want to crowd the pan. You take them out, you know, with the sh- and put them on a um, a plate with the paper towels so the oil drips off. When the, the, all your balls are fried, you're gonna get another saucepan, a, a separate saucepan, and you. This is this my friend's mother's recipe. You're gonna melt in it one cup of honey, two tablespoons of orange juice, and then a half a cup of granulated sugar. You're gonna keep the heat on low. And you're going to let the granulated sugar, you know, melt into the honey and the orange juice. And it makes this delicious, like delicious. I love the the, the orange flavor. Someone wrote to me on TikTok because I did a little video on it and said they're allergic to orange. And I said, oh, well, you can make it with lemon too. You know, I mean, you, my, my friend's mother said you could do it with the lemon. You take all the balls, you glaze them in the, the orange and honey sauce, and then you throw the sprinkles on them and you're done, Right. My grandmother doesn't do the orange juice, the orange zest in the dough. She had everything to say. By the way, by the way, if you didn't do the orange uh, zest, the orange juice, if you didn't do the honey um, and, and or, you know, uh, or the sugar, if you just had the balls, by the way, and you just put some powdered sugar on after, it's like Zeppelis. But let me tell you something. This is my first time making them, which I can't believe. It's my first time making Shrewfully. Like I said, a ton of work. But I will say, 
making the shrewfully made me eat less, which is, you know, that's a thing, you know, like, you know, you, you cook a big meal and then for whatever reason, the person that cooks always only winds up having, you know, like a uh, half a plate of food, but it made me cook less, not because, not because of, I was sick of being around the, the balls. I was, it was because I saw how much, how, how all the oil, all the oil that these little balls absorbed. And I was like, I was, I was sick to my stomach. I was like that oil, a minute on the lips, a lifetime on the hips, baby. I, I can't live like this. Anyway, you should make it. If you have a recipe for grain pie, I would love that, by the way. Another thing us Italians love. And uh, my family doesn't make it. We had it at Easter, but it came from the bakery. But I love grain pie. Okay. Speaking of weight and complex, I went to the Gap. <clears throat> you know I love the Gap, right? I love the Gap because I got the kids. It's a lot shopping. I, every store, the sizes are ridiculous. And the Gap, one, it makes me feel thin. Okay, like I'm like a six or an eight in a Gap. You know, but uh, I haven't loved all of the Gap clothes recently, but this season, I think the Gap has great stuff. You got to check it out. First of all, let me tell you some of my favorite things. I don't have it in front of, written in front of me. I'm waiting for them to come, by the way. They have um, these really big linen button-down shirts, you know, with a nice collar. And they, I think they call them like a big linen shirt or something like that. But And they come in all colors, white, hot pink, hot orange, like a, a sage green, so many colors. I love the way that looks at a, on the beach, you know, just like a big linen button down shirt. I feel like it's such a chic look. I love that. They also have um, these dresses. They are like uh, smocked, the top of the dress <clears throat> where your boobs are smocked. And, and it's a square neck and it has, you know, like uh, spaghetti, not spaghetti straps, just like tank top kind of straps. And it, and, and, and underneath the smocking, it, it, it tears down, not like a pregnancy tear down, like it, it's a midi dress. So it comes like mid calf and it comes in like a light denim color and a black. I got it in a black. Again, it's so chic. Honestly, if you were going to a summer wedding with a nice pair of like espadrilles or something and nice jewelry, hair and makeup, you could wear this dress to a wedding. Like it looks, it just looks so flattering on. I love a square neck dress. They had a lot of stuff. They had a lot of cute matching sets. I, you know, and pink shorts with a pink, you know, a long sleeve kind of silky blouse. And what I love about that is that everything is kind of baggy and flowy and, and fabricy and COVID body. -y. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Here's my gripe with the gap this season. And I have to say, I haven't been in the gap in a long time because I usually just shop online because I know what I like. Mm. <clears throat> I went to the Gap near Lincoln Center the other day to try on a couple of these things because I knew I was going to do a big order and I wanted to just do it online at home. I didn't want to schlep the stuff back from the store home. I was taking the girls to the movies to see Sonic the Hedgehog too. I did not want to put my clothes in the shopping bag on the floor of the movies. Oh, oh my God, I'm a germaphobe. Absolutely not. So I'm in the Gap and I see this cute little like sweat shirt and bike short set and I look up at the sign and it says Gap Teen. Gap Teen. I'm like, what the hell is Gap Teen? I know Gap Kids, Girls, Boy. Yeah. So I say to the guy, oh, what's Gap Teen? And he says, oh, this is our, our teen collection. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, this stuff is so cute. And I said, but is it girls sizes or is it women's? And, you know, they have Gap Teen for guys too. 
And uh, and it's and it's also like they're I think they like marketing it as unisex, which clothing, fine. I mean, I don't, you know what? Don't get me started on that actually, but whatever. Um, because how the hell, if you are like a big chested girl, how the hell is a unisex big chested girl shirt also gonna fit maybe a boy that doesn't have or somebody that identifies as a boy? You know, you gotta say that these days. Um, somebody that identifies as a boy, like how how does the same thing fit anyway? Gapped, he says, well, the sizes, he said the sizes are teen sizes, which may, automatically made me think of that teen store, 579. And um, he said, but if you if you buy a larger size, you know, you could probably wear Gap Teen too. And I said, oh, okay, great. So I didn't try anything on in the store because I was miffed. I can't sift through all these sizes but the stuff was cute. So when I went home and I was doing my online order, I saw that same black midi dress, that the, the, the square neck one, but not midi. It was mini. And I like mini because I like my legs. And, um, which is like the only thing I like. And, uh, I, and, and so I said, oh, I'm going to buy this. I'll try, you know, if I don't like it, I'll return a big deal. Well, gap teen. Do you know what size I had to, had to buy in gap teen? Wait, brace yourself. Three queen, three queen, triple XL. And the number of the size is size 18 to 20. What a fucking complex do I have now? Okay, and listen, no offense. No offense if you are listening to this and you're a big boy or a big girl, because you know what? Fat jeans run in my family. Okay, I, I fight. I fight fat gene every day. And every day you could find me one minute telling people I'm a diet on a diet and the next minute locked into my pantry, just snaffling down anything I could get my hands on, okay? I don't want to be a size 18 or 20. It's not anything about if you are a bigger person. One of my best friends, who she'll die if she hears this. So if you're listening to this, like, sorry. But she, my best friend, she's a bigger girl. She just is. She's short, but she's bigger. But she always looks gorgeous. She always looks so neat and put together. And that's the, that's the key, right? Like, if you are a curvy girl, you just have to look neat, you know, right? Neat and where your things, like, fit it, whatever. She always looks fabulous. Ina Garden is a bigger girl and she always looks amazing in those blue smocks. Speaking of, by the way, the big shirts. I mean, she does she not, is she not one of the best wearers of a big shirt? But I don't want to buy size 18 to 20. Sorry, Gap. I mean, like what kind of complex are you giving people? I don't understand. It was, it was the goal of Gap Teen to have an all-inclusive line was that the goal or was the goal to just appeal to teens? It seems like, why don't you just make it in, I don't know, like girls and guys sizes, just those designs and just screw Gap Teen. I don't know. I said to the kid, how long has this been Gap? When I was in the store, how long has this been going on? He tells me two years. I was like, two years? You started this during the pandemic Gap? Anyway, I have a friend from high school who she's in marketing at the Gap. I, I should ask her. Speaking of clothing, Love Shack Fancy, that brand I told you about, that's like Victorian, billowy, florally, ridiculously unaffordable. They have a sample sale going on in Manhattan. I didn't go yet. I really want to go. You know what? I should go today. I should go today later after work and do a video. It's the sample sales uh, at its ends on April 24th, but it's on. It's at 261 Fifth Avenue, 261 Fifth Avenue. I think that's around like 23rd Street. 
I think. Don't hold me to it. Sample sales are always hit or miss. There are some sample sales that go on and I used to like track all the sample sales. Some sample sales that go on in the city are amazing. Like amazing. Like I went to the Todd sample sale. Oh my God, friends and family only. I swear to God, I went Todd's bananas in there. I was crazy. Loafers for $89. I mean, it was amazing. But, um, and obviously I'm not saying that loafers for $89 is any bargain, but if you know, those loafers are 500 normally. But some sample sales are garbage, you know? But I think Love Shack might be a good one. So I should try to stop by. Anywho. Anywho, anywho. Um, my my family friend, uh, I guess she's my aunt, Jilda. She passed away. Very sad. She was older. She had a stroke. Uh, and, and we went to Staten Island. My sister recommended this restaurant, DeLuca. And it was good. But we got to the restaurant. Okay. The Monday night. Monday night wake. Get to the restaurant. Italian, obviously. My sister, my mother, my other sister, we were all supposed to go together. But it wound up just being me and my boyfriend because... I don't know. Everybody decided they wanted to go home because it was late. But my sister recommended this place to us. We get to the restaurant. I walk in. Special occasion restaurant. Special. The food was good, but the place was expensive. I said to my sister, what the hell are you doing recommending this kind of place on a Monday night to me? I said, uh, Monday. And this is what I want to ask you. If somebody recommends a restaurant to you, right? Don't you think that they have to give you a caveat that it's pricey? Don't you think they should say, oh, it's a nicer place? Oh, it's a nicer restaurant. Oh, you know what? Oh, hey, by the way, entrees are about like 40 to $50. I was expecting like a trotteria, a pizzeria with a nice restaurant section on the side. I, I said to my sister, two people having dinner on a Monday, $250 in Staten Island. Why? Right across the street was a restaurant across from DeLuca's was a restaurant called Reggiano's. And that was like a tavern with pizza. And it looked more like chill. I said, why don't you send, tell me to go there? She's like, well, I didn't know that DeLuca was so expensive. I said, okay, it's an unwritten rule. It's an unwritten rule. You gotta, you got to tell, you gotta give me the warning. We have to give people the warning. You can't just, I mean, you know, of course I sat down. I saw the menu. I said, I don't want to stay. I told, I told my boyfriend, ah, let's just go. And he says, Elise, Let's just stay. What's the big freaking deal? Big deal. Let's just stay. We don't ever go out like to nice places. You're always doing stand up at night. I said, because I don't want to spend $45 on a bowl of macaroni on a Monday. Anyway. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Product of the week. Oh my God. I found the best skin cream ever. I don't know. I don't know if you know about this. So this cream has been around for 30 years. It's called Egypt, Egyptian Magic. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I was in the nail salon, reading magazine, saw it. Someone, one of the celebrities like mentioned it. I don't know, that it was their favorite cream for overnight. And uh, it wasn't like a picture in the magazine. You know, it's like, it was the kind of just mentioned it. So it's like, you know, it wasn't really like, it wasn't like advertorialish is what I'm saying. I've heard of this cream before because Years ago, like years ago, when I was like intern in college, I interned in like the beauty department of magazines and the fashion department and blah, blah. And, um, and, and they would talk about this, this cream and everybody like swears by it. Like, I think like Eva Mendez like loves it. I think Madonna loves it. Um, Cameron Diaz. Anyway, I got it on Amazon, Egyptian magic. It's just a few ingredients. It's a white little tub, which I like little white tub. 
the uh, logo and the, the the product packaging is cool. It has like, you know, like a pyramid and a sun and a moon, whatever. The only ingredients, I have it right here. It's olive oil, beeswax, honey, bee pollen, something else with a bee, like bee, something else that comes from bees and, and royal jelly. Don't ask me what these things are. But it's all natural. There's no perfumes. There's no dyes. And they say to use it at night because it's, you know, like an oil-based cream. I have oily skin. I didn't want to use an oil-based cream, but I know face oils, they're good for you, blah, blah. So I get one for me and I get one for my sister, Allison, because, you know, for her birthday, I put in her birthday, little thing for her birthday. And um, that was part of her gift. And I tried it the other day and I was like, oh my God, please, dear God, not don't make my skin break out because just don't. And um, it was amazing. It was amazing. So I used the littlest dot, the littlest dot of cream. I put it in the palm of my hand. I kind of like warmed it up. They say warm it up, put it on the skin. And um, it, it almost got a little oily, but not like skeeve oily, like like nice, like you feel like penetration oily, you know? And it was great. I woke up, my skin literally was brighter. I swear, I swear, you got to try it. I think um, I paid like $15 for the little thing, the little the little thing. Oh, last night I put it on my lips because my lips are always trapped. It was amazing. I started looking up the, the uses. They say you could use it for massage. Who gets massages? I mean, honestly, what, what, what am I, the, the queen of Egypt over here? Uh, you, they say you could use it as makeup primer. Yeah, I don't really know about that because I don't want oil on my face to prime my, my makeup. But they say treat cuts, scrapes, diaper rash, whatever. So you got to try it. It, what is it? Egyptian magic, Egyptian, Egyptian magic cream. That's what I got today. Next week is our hundredth episode. I'm like, oh yeah, hundredth episode. We're going to do something special. Like what am I doing for the hundredth episode? I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to have my coffee. I'm going to begin my nightgown, the same thing. By the way, I saw, so, you know, Dina from Real Housewives of New Jersey. She, I follow her on Instagram because I think she's so cute. And mm, she um, has a podcast, I guess. I don't know. And she posted a picture of like what her podcast, like the scene from her podcast. And it was like, she showed the background of her home and it was like so beautifully decorated. And my home is beautifully decorated. But like when, I don't know, if you look behind me, there's like plants that need to be watered. There's like my bookshelf with my, (laughs) oh God. I don't know. Some stuff is just so staged. I'm the real deal. I'm a work in progress. By the way, the movie's going great. The film will, uh, it takes up a lot of my time at night, but that's okay. Because um, that's what you got to do to make it, baby, to make it. Baby. Anyway, drop me a line uh, in Instagram DMs. Tell your friends to follow me on Instagram. I need to get more followers. I can't even deal with asking with this. I, I asked about that. I, it's insane. It's just insane. But that is the business that it is. Thank you, as always, for listening. This is episode 99. And our quote of the day is by... Theodore Roosevelt. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. I love that, right? Your passion influences other people, baby. I'm Elise DeLucci. This is episode 99. This is the Elise DeLucci show. And thank you as always for listening and supporting me. I will talk to you later, darling. I'm not going to